Hey listeners, are you enjoying our podcasts and coaching advice? Do you feel like some guidance and accountability could help you stay motivated and focused during these uncertain pandemic times? We love connecting with our listeners and collaborating to make training work for your goals, your life, your personality. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, we want to offer any new clients $20 off the first month of coaching, which is normally $150. Email us at Julie and Lisa at runfartherandfaster.com to set up a time to connect over the phone to learn more. And be sure to mention this special offer as one of our loyal listeners. Our runners are often asking us how they can optimize their recovery. And aside from getting more sleep, one of our number one tips is compression socks. Compression socks can help increase blood flow from your legs to your heart and raise your blood oxygen levels. They also minimize leg pain and cramping and reduce swelling. So they're great for after that long run or hard workout. Our favorites are Lily Trotter's compression socks. They are the strongest compression that you can get without a doctor's prescription, and they are beautiful and fun to wear with your running gear. We love their Battle Axe collection, which recognizes powerful, unstoppable women warriors, but the socks can be worn by men or by women. So we're happy to have them as a sponsor, and they are offering our podcast listeners 20% off with the code RFF. 20 on the website, Lily Trotters, that's L-I-L-Y-T-R-O-T-T-E-R-S.com. We just wanted to take a quick break to give a shout out to our newest sponsor, UFOs. If you're a longtime listener, you know that UFO shoes are an integral part of our recovery, and we've been wearing their new boots all winter long. UFOs are the original recovery footwear brand, helping to reduce load and stress so your body can rebuild throughout the day. Often, the aches and pains we're feeling in our feet, ankles, knees, and even our hips can be due to not wearing supportive shoes. We wear our supportive running shoes when we're running, but what do we wear when we're not running? UFOs reduce shock impact on the body by 37%, making it easier for your body to recover faster. Stay tuned to our podcast and social media channels this month for a chance to win a pair of UFOs. And check them out now on their website at UFOs, O-O-F-O-S dot com. One of the pieces of running gear that we've both used for 15 years is our spy belt. It's one of our favorite pieces of running gear. Spy belt stands for small personal items. And we both started using it many years ago to carry our nutrition during races. It's great, no bounce, no chafing, and a great way to carry nutrition. But since then, I'll be honest, I use mine as my purse. I use it for my phone, my keys, wallet, and strap it on and don't have to worry about carrying a purse. So it's one of our favorite running items and we are so excited to have spy belt as one of our sponsors and they are offering our listeners 15 percent off through may 15th you can order online at spybelt.com and enter the code run farther faster 15 all one word lowercase letters give it a try we think that you'll love the spy belt for whatever you have to carry when you need your hands free Hi, Julie. Hey, Lisa. How's it going? It's going late. <laughs> and we are, are talking to each other uh, pretty late at night. Uh, we had we both had a kind of just busy, crazy day and 
Um, such is the life of busy now, now that things are getting busy again and um, lives are picking up. So it's, it's late and we're tired, but um, a lot has gone on this week. So we definitely wanted to catch up and chat. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we're having like a little like pajama party here, both of us in our PJs comfortable at night. Um, we just got off a great Zoom with our runners, uh, weekly Zoom with our runners with uh, dietitian Amy Goldsmith, who has, of course, of course, been a past podcast guest where we answered some questions and that was really great. But the big news for this week is we just heard the results of who was um, admitted into the Boston Marathon. And uh, unbelievably, the cushion announced is seven minutes and 47 seconds. So unfortunately, that means that anyone who finished the race, regardless of time, and a time that was under seven minutes and 47 seconds from their qualifying time did not get into the race. So that means, for example, one of our runners is a 258 marathoner. He did not get into Boston because of his age, even though he qualified. And it's really right, upsetting. So his qualifying time is 3.05, and he was actually... 259. So that's, you know, six minutes or a little over five minutes. And that is not, that was under the 747. So he didn't get in. And that to me blows my mind that somebody who can run a sub three hour marathon can get shut out from Boston. It's really, uh, it's really, um, you know, I, I don't think there was really a, uh, it seems unfair, but I think in any way that the BAA did this, there were going to be people who didn't get in because the field was cut considerably. So there were going to be, and there are always people who don't get in. So then you cut the field more and there are even more people who don't get in. So there, that was going to happen one way or another. And um, I don't think there's any easy or fair way to do that. And so it just was really, um, just really disappointing. Super disappointing. Um, at the same time, we're really excited for our runners who did get in and I think and for it's you, okay. I want to get Julie. Yeah. I think I win yeah. in something. I think I win. You do. do you win. win. What, yes. what was it? I buy you dinner, right? Oh no. I buy your candy. 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 Yes. Yeah. Candy. Okay. I'm buying you candy. Um, a big old bag of candy bulk, okay. you know, all the germs I'm, I'm buying it all for I you. I still have bulk candy. I would really, I would really appreciate that if there's still bulk candy. I'll take care of it for you. No okay. fear. I'll find it. For I us. know you will. I know you will. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it's okay to hold both emotions, uh, excitement for our runners who were accepted into Boston and extreme disappointment for our runners and friends who weren't accepted into Boston. I think it's okay to have both and that's how we feel right now. So, there is one silver lining with the decision of the BAA and that is that they widened the qualifying window for 2022. So any race that one has that one has run since September 1st, 2019 until the date, which they haven't yet announced of registration for Boston 2022. They did say will, fall. I think they said fall. I think they saw somewhere it said fall. fall, but right, no date yet, but. No date. So let's assume for the sake of common sense that the date is October 12th because Boston 2021 is run is going to be run on October 11th. 
of course, one should be able to use their Qualitime BQ at Boston 2021 for 2022. So let's just take an educated guess that the window is going to be any race run between September 1, 2019 and October 12, 2021. So that's a really big, a big, wide array of races. However, considering that so many races were not run in 2020, it probably amounts to about the same amount of races total that could be used to enter into the Boston Marathon. So all this being said, the silver lining is that our hope is that because the 2022 April Boston Marathon field will be back to normal size, hopefully, of over 30,000 runners. Then all those who were shut out this time, which is about 9,000 runners, will be able to use their time, especially those who ran in September 2019 or before, to get into Boston 2022. If you're still following me, listeners, <laughs> congratulations, because I can barely follow this myself, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. Right. Basically that it gave those, those runners um, who had run something in the fall of 2019 and later another shot for next year when the field is bigger. And what is interesting is that theoretically somebody could use a time three times. So if you ran a September, early September, 2019 race, like Erie or one of the earlier September races, like me. right. Like you exactly. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Like the last chance uh, races uh, you could have used that to enter for 20 20, um, because registration opened in mid-September of 2019, before we knew any of this was going to happen. So you would have used that for 2020. 2020 was obviously didn't happen. And we registered again for 2021 and could have used that time for 2021, got in or not gotten in. And then now when we register for 2022, would be able to use that same September 2019 time um or, or October 2019 time for actually wouldn't have that wouldn't have been for 20 it's those early September races that'll be three so it could be could have been three three races that you because you can reuse times you can um use them again so um so theoretically somebody could use uh, if somebody did a September early September 2019 race like you did got your bang for your buck so um yeah, yeah so hopefully, no kidding hopefully that those those runners who um, ran a time that was close, but not quite for in September, 2019, may be able to use it to get in again, if they haven't run um, a faster time since. And, and speaking of faster times, not to shift gears too quickly, um, we had uh, several runners this past weekend who are, you know, races are opening up again, marathons are opening up. And we had several uh, all masters women runners run races that were a little bit too late to qualify for 2021 but that can be used for 2022. And um, we were really excited to see three of our master's women, one in their 40s, one in their 50s, and one in their 60s all hit very cushy, um, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, close to 10 minutes, 10 minutes plus up to like 30 minutes for some of them, Boston qualifying time. So we are hopeful that that 10 minute plus cushion will be enough for when they use that time for 2022. Yes. So congratulations to all three ladies. They all did incredible. Susan, yep. Jane, and Lori. And Lori yeah. So and, um, proving, proving that you're never too old to hit that time or those goals. And, um, you know, particularly uh, Susan had run Boston many years ago. She had had a streak of, I think, seven Boston marathons that ended in 20, 2000. 
or 2000 or 2001 when she did not 2000 when she didn't requalify for 2001 and she took a very long break and uh, has come back now and will be going back 21 years later with that with that new BQ which is exciting which is so cool and then previous podcast guest Rabbi Lori she crushed uh her BQ in Utah at a race and she um I just love her story because Lori's been running for years and she's 48. So a lot of times when you see a 48 or 40 something year old in general PR, often it's because they don't necessarily have as long of a running life or running age as their actual age. For example, a runner who started running in their late thirties has only been running, you know, for 10 years. That's a little, you know, less, it's less harsh on your legs. than if you've been running for longer, but Lori actually has been running for years and she was able to hit a big PR and she is now um, a 340 marathoner. And as a result, she qualified for Boston for the first time, which is really amazing. Yeah. Her, her last PR was a 347 when she was 27 or 28 years old. So 20, about 20 years ago was her last marathon PR. So that, yeah, I, I think all of the women that we coach, um, Pat as well, um, who really just, um, you know, smashed her time, her BQ time, all of the women that we coach that are older, um, old, quote in quotes, older, our masters runners are really just proving that, um, that age is, is not, is not a, a limiting factor. Yes. It's very inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially on these days when you just get out there and you're exhausted and you're like, well, I really want to go for my run. You start running and you're, you just start thinking, I feel like I'm moving so much slower than I usually do. And then your mind kind of goes to, it's because I'm in my forties and it's because I'm just getting slower. And then one of our runners who we actually coach gets out there and pulls out a big PR and we're just like, wait a minute, that's not true. It's not an excuse. Can't use that excuse. Cannot use that. Maybe I'm just out of shape. And we also had another runner this weekend who uh, was shifting to the men um, and and also a a master's male runner um, smash a PR in the half marathon distance. That's right. A body. He's amazing. And he um, was darn close to his marathon PR just about a month ago. Um, He missed it by a few seconds and that's, that's fine. He wasn't really even trying to PR. He was coming coming back from injury. And then he went and ran this half marathon this weekend and had a five minute PR finishing in 137, um, which is a huge breakthrough for him. And he just keeps getting faster and faster and he's in his fifties. So how amazing is that? I'm just so proud of all of our runners. And I mean, I know that we have such pride because not only are we their coaches, but we've all kind of lived through this crappy year together and watching the fruits of their labor come to fruition and seeing, seeing these different people um, overcome challenges and get out there and race and do well. It's just really encouraging and inspiring. So it's fun to watch and we're really proud. And frankly, it's not about the result. It's not like I wouldn't be proud of any of my runners who, you know, got out there and raced and didn't have the best race. Just Getting out there and racing after the year we've had, I think, takes so much courage and 
I'm just super proud of everyone we coached for getting out there and, and stepping out of their comfort zone in a year that has been completely out of our comfort zone. So props to everyone who's out there. Yeah. I I was going to say, like, as we were talking about that, it made me, I just thought of a funny, like that we had not again, not with the focus on times, but a, but a PR or a BQ a thon we had this weekend. So we had like a PR a thon, a PR a thon or a BQ a thon, you know, (laughs) we totally did. So great. And it was really fun. It's been a good week. We also, I mean, we, we've actually had a really good week as exhausted as we are. We got some really nice news from uh, Lululemon that we're going to be able to extend um, our ambassadorship. We were selected to extend um, for another year and we're really honored to be Lululemon ambassadors for the Gaithersburg store. We love, love all the people there and we're just super honored to be able to continue that for another year. So hopefully we'll be able to lead some group runs from there soon once we are permitted. So yeah. that was an exciting piece of news. So it's just been been a good week in spite of, um, you know, the, the Debbie Downer news regarding Boston, which we wish we, wish we could fix. And speaking of which, one of our dear friends was impacted very much by the news of Boston. And that is our friend Conroy Zian. Conroy was a guest on our podcast about six months ago as, um, actually it was nine months ago, as many of you may recall. And he had a, a an incredible story where he BQ'd not once, but twice. And he had to BQ again because his first BQ, just like it keeps happening, his cushion was just not enough to be accepted into Boston. So he was able in his 50s, to run a huge PR of 318. And that was enough to get him into Boston 2020. And Conroy, of course, ran the virtual because that's all there was in 2020. And we have Conroy up next to share the latest in his journey. And we really hope that his story resonates with our listeners. And if anyone's listening who knows someone who's struggling right now with respect to their news out of Boston, please share this with them. Um, our intent is just, and Conroy's intent was to just show that we're, we're not alone in this. And, and we're all runners here. And we all know that there are bigger problems in the world, bigger fish to fry. And we are certainly not implying that, that this is a first world problem. But look, it's really important to so many of us that BQ, that PR, whatever that goal is. And when when that happens and you're so excited and you think you've done it, and then all of a sudden it's taken away from you because of circumstances that aren't within your control, it's pretty devastating. And, and we acknowledge that for the 9,000 plus runners who were not accepted. And we just wanted to have Conroy on to share his story and, and help everyone sort of process what's happening out in, up in Boston uh, we recognize the BAA is doing the best they can. This is not a critique of the BAA. It's just sharing some thoughts and feelings on uh, what happened and how we can best deal with it. Yeah. Well, thank you for having the conversation with him. I know you you spoke to him um, earlier this evening. And, uh, and it is, like you said before, uh, a lot of mixed emotions where a lot of excitement, as we found out, um, most of our runners were able to to get in with their with their cushion that they had and you got in and um that was that was excitement and then also the corollary of just recognizing that that also meant there were people who didn't who very much deserved to get in and who many of whom like Conroy have been working for years um you know Boston is a um for so many runners it's it's a goal that they have for you know 10 20 years of running marathons of trying to get that that BQ and trying to get to that start line in Hopkinton and, and the finish line. 
um, you know, on, on Boylston street. And, um, and, and it, and like you said, there are bigger problems in the world and there are more disappointments and far, far more serious things. But um, for so many people who've pinned their hopes and their dreams and have looked forward to this for so many years um, to, 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 to find out that you won't have that opportunity this year um, can be really, can be really heartbreaking, but, uh, but we're hopeful that those runners will be able to at some point get to Boston and get to that start line. Um, but doesn't it doesn't help with with the disappointment right now? And I also think it's okay to feel you know for those runners to feel crappy and upset and pissed off and all the emotions that they're feeling right now, um, and 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 not feel guilty about it. For sure, it's shitty. We acknowledge it's shitty, and it it will get better. Time heals, but right now it's pretty painful. And and also just just a tip for anyone listening who is in the good company of those nine thousand plus runners. Don't be afraid to uh, filter out your social media a little bit. If you feel like you're seeing a lot of posts that are painful for you right now, you don't have to look at them. You can you can kind of change the channel, so to speak, and and allow yourself some space to grieve and process and figure out your next steps without having to look at messaging all about Boston, 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 because that's that's pretty hard to do during this time. So. Anyway, before we, we go, Lisa, I just want to wish you a happy early Mother's Day. You are a rock star mom, and I admire you so much. I think you're just a wonderful mother, and I just want to wish you a happy, happy Mother's Day. You deserve it and all good things. Thank you, too, Julie. You know, you're you're one of my mom-spirations, so. Um, <laughs> That's you scary. Really, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, really, you really are. I know. We always kind of look at our own lives and say, why would that why would you be inspired by me at all? But, but you really are. So, um, you know, we're lucky, um, to have grown not only as coaches and friends and runners together, but also as moms together and, you know, with our kids through different stages in life. So, um, happy mother's day to you. And, um, and I hope you have a good rest of your week. Thanks you too. And happy mother's day to all the moms and all those who are mom figures to so many people out there. Happy Mother's Day. And Lisa, I hope you have a great week as well. And without further ado, here's Conroy Zian. Bye, Lisa. Bye, Julie. Conroy Zian, welcome to the Run Farther and Faster podcast. It's just me today, Julie, as you can see. Um, but we wanted to get you on our podcast as soon as possible because the topic we're going to discuss is very timely and relevant to this week. And so as a result, um, Lisa and I weren't able to quite sync our schedule. So um, it's just me interviewing you today, but I hope that's okay because it's really much more important that we get your story out because we definitely feel that this will resonate with so many people. In fact, 9,000 people. So Conroy, uh, before we dig into your story, how about you give yourself a, a reintroduction to our listeners since you've been a guest on our podcast before. And welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for um, having me back on. Um, as <clears throat> as uh, as Julie said, my name is Conroy Zian. I am um, the director of the Montgomery County Roadrunners First Time Marathon Training Program, and I've been uh, the director for the past. Uh, let's see. This is my tenth year of of directing that program, um, and uh, I've been on. Uh, um, the Run Farther and Faster podcast earlier, discussing my years-long chase to get into the Boston Marathon, which I 
had finally achieved back in 2019 um, for the 2020 race. And we kind of know what happened there and, and, and the dominoes kind of fell after that. And I guess that's why I'm back here talking about what, what happened. So Conroy, before we dig in your story, I, I, I actually want to sing your praises a little bit here. Just for a frame of reference, you're you're not just the director of the Montgomery County Roadrunners first time marathoner program, but because you've done it for 10 years, I think it's safe to say you have likely coached and or touched the lives of at least 3000 runners. That would be my maybe more. And, and, and there are some repeat runners in the program, but it is a huge program. And it's often, um, the sort of gateway into marathoning for so many runners in the DC area. And you are the captain of that ship. And so it, it just, I think what we're going to talk about now is, is even in, in some ways more, the magnitude of it is even greater because you kind of have sort of a, a, a microscope on you. Sometimes people are always with, with great intentions and with care and love, love watching your journey. And I know I joined so many in that we were so excited when you qualified for Boston in 2019 because it was a tremendous journey. We encourage people to go back and listen to that podcast episode and you did it and you are and always will be a Boston qualifier. And then of course, 2020 hit and we all know what happened there. And um, take us back to the virtual marathon that you did in September and what that was like for you. And then we'll start uh, with what's going on with you this week. Okay, so um, yeah, as as everybody probably knows, the uh, the 2020 marathon ended up being virtual last um, September, and um, you know I, I'm going to commend the BAA for do, making the best out of a horrible situation, and uh, it did feel special and it felt very uh, catered to those of us who did qualify. Um, and it was great. You know, they hit, sent us um, all of the our bibs and uh, had a nice start finish line things that you could print out. And, you know, we different people had printed them out and, and whatnot. So the um, they did the best that they could to make it as special as they could. Um, now, having said that, uh, you know, everybody kind of ran their own route. And at the end of the day, it was still a route that I was very familiar with and it wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't start in Hopkinton. I didn't run past crowds. Uh, I didn't make that turn onto Boylston and, and, and storm up the finish. Um, but, uh, but I did do it and, um, didn't have any real time goal or anything like that. Uh, I just kind of wanted to do it because it would count as a Boston marathon, which I, 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 I think it does. So, I mean, I, I, I would, uh, I would uh, put that down as having finished the Boston marathon, even though I didn't actually end up finishing in Boston itself, but no one did last year. So anyone who ran the 2020 Boston marathon had to do something like I did. And I, and I finished it and you Julie um, ran, um, uh, a very important last few, uh, hundred yards with me to, as, as my, mental state was starting to fail a little bit because 26.2 miles um, virtually on your own isn't isn't ever really fun so what you did I'm, the end there I'm laughing because it was I don't you must not remember it's actually like the last two miles oh was it really? 
Okay, so last few miles, although I probably thought it was only like a half a mile. Um, so you can kind of get an idea how how much of a funk my 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 brain my brain was in. But it was great. You know, honestly, Julie, having you run with me, and I, I know I've told you this, it's it really made that moment um, special uh, just to have you there. And uh, I, it, 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 I'll remember that for, for a long, long time. So thank you. Conroy, it was my pleasure. It was so much fun to support you. And I mean, truly it was the closest thing I got to doing any kind of Boston in 2020 was supporting you for those last few miles. And I admired everyone who did the virtual. I had no desire to do it, but I certainly kind of got the cherry on top by being able to bring a, uh, a first time Boston marathoner into the finish and no, it wasn't the same, but you definitely made lemonade out of lemons and it was a very special day. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I, I agree. I think it was, it was special. And, um, uh, you know, the kind of the, the gravy there was, uh, there was always that carrot of 2021 and uh you know we no one really knew exactly what was going to happen but we had an idea given that basically no marathons happened last year no no larger marathons that uh uh they were going to be generous with how they allowed people to use older race times to apply for the 2021 race so and and it i guess it you know, it didn't happen in on Patriots Day, uh, and they kicked it to uh, October, and and uh, registration opened when a, a couple of weeks ago, I think, right? So, yeah. So, talk us through. Um, tell us a little bit about what your time was in 2019, um, how old you are, what your cushion is, and um, what that looked like for you. Uh, okay. So let's see, uh, 2019. Oh, you're talking about my qualifying race, right? Yeah. Not my virtual time. Um, so yeah, my, uh, uh, I ran the Erie marathon in 2019 and I, uh, finished in, uh, 318, 21. Uh, and as 318, 21, 318, 21. Right. And I, how old are you? I, well, at the time I was 50. Now I'm 52. Um, they had uh, they had just um, adjusted their qualifying standards and taken uh, five minutes away from everybody. So my previous uh, BQ standard was three thirty, and then it became three twenty five. So I entered the um, uh, the Erie Marathon targeting I thought maybe three twenty two. I thought that would probably, given the five minutes that they had it taken away from everybody, I figured. Uh, that would probably get me in. Um, I had a great race, uh, as I shared with you a few months, uh, last year, actually. And, um, I ended up bettering that 322 goal and ended up finishing at, uh, at 318. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I felt pretty good about that. I felt pretty good about my chances of getting into, uh, to Boston 2020, which, which I did. So do that. Do the math for me. What um, what was your time buffer with a three? Well, I had, um, yeah. So I had a six minute and thirty nine second buffer, and um, uh, that actually allowed me to register uh, week one. Um, I, I think it was the probably the last day of week one, but still week one. So I would find out whether or not I got in uh, pretty quickly, and I didn't have to wait for uh, for week two of the registration, which which I which I got. Um, 
I don't know, maybe it was a day or two after, after I registered that they actually let me know that I had been accepted. And it's really incredible. I just, I know we talked about it in the last episode, but we had with you, but just take a moment and sit back and think about what you achieved in your fifties. You ran a three eighteen. I mean, some people their entire life would, would ever dream of that. And you're also someone who has a lot of miles already. It's your, your age and your running age is not super young. In other words, sometimes people in their fifties have a really young running age where they just started running in their forties. That wasn't you. I mean, you are a very seasoned runner. So to get that extra effort out of your body was a tremendous effort. And just, I think it's important to note today as we talk about ultimately what happened, that that time is always going to be your time. It doesn't matter, you know, all of these other factors happening because of COVID and the BAA's decisions and whatnot, that amazing time will always belong to you. It doesn't define you, but it will always belong to you. And that is, no one can take that away. So I just felt like I had to say that. I I appreciate the, uh, (laughs) I appreciate the kind, kind words there. It's a nice ego stroke there, Julie. So it's true. Okay. So keep going. So you had, you had this buffer. So I have this buffer and I have um, a significant enough buffer where I, you know, I, I felt like I, I was going to get into 2020, which I did. 2020 happened. Um, they, uh, they, uh, they, they made it a virtual event. Uh, I, I did that um, and waited for how they were going to approach 2021. Uh, I don't remember exactly when they announced that it wasn't going to happen on Patriots Day. I think it was late last year that they had made that decision. Uh, actually, it was probably before registration would have opened, I think. So it was what, September of 2020. And then um, and then uh, I guess registration opened uh, uh, t- two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Some, I, I don't remember the yeah. exact, exact date. Yeah. And I believe they announced um, that the Patriots Day Boston Marathon would not occur in October because I oh, do okay. remember we had to wait a little while, and it was a, it really wasn't a huge surprise to anyone. No. Um, and and the delay to to uh, the fall, you know, 2021 date that they provided, it was was kind of cool. I mean, Boston doesn't usually happen in the fall, but it also. I don't know if you felt this way, but when they made that announcement back in October, I was kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it because we really didn't have the progress that we have now. So, right. Anyway. So, so, yeah. So I, I mean, I, 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 I'm right there with you, Julie. I think um, I said, well, yeah, it's nice that they're kicking the can down the road, but I I don't think at the time there wasn't uh, you know, people weren't getting vaccinated in the volumes that they are today. And uh, uh, you know, I said, you know, are they going to be able to hold a marathon of any substantial size? And, you know, I, I think there was a lot of speculation. What is the field size going to be? Is it going to be 30,000 or is it going to be 1,000 or is it going to be something in between? Because no one really knew. But, um, you know, in the back of my mind, I had this um I, can, I still have a chance. I still, uh, I didn't say no. And um, I, you know, it was always that, okay, well, I will get to, um, I will get to set, submit my, um, my application uh, when it comes time. And that was something to look forward to, which I, which I, cause it's not something that happens all the time. And I was excited when actually 
uh, uh, registration day uh, was announced and when, when, when I could submit my registration. So you submitted your registration, you waited. Um, and of course, yesterday, the news came in that um, the uh, cushion was a crazy seven minutes and seven, At 47. seven minutes and 47 seconds, seven minutes and 47 seconds, yeah. which is pretty darn close to what you ran in 2019, like yeah. less than a minute close. Uh, yeah, it was actually a minute, a minute and eight seconds. Uh, okay, minute, minute and eight seconds. Yeah, and when you saw that yesterday, just share with our listeners what that was like for you. Yeah, I kind of said, oh, well, and then just went on my, my, my day. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> I um, you know, there's that... Um, as I don't, I don't think it was known right off the bat what that cutoff was. I know um, some people had started getting their their confirmations, and those people that I had uh, spoken with, they had, you know, the twenty plus minute buffers. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, oh, you know, they're going in order, and uh, we don't know. And I asked them, do you know what the 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 cutoff was? And no, no one knew at the time. And that was early, very very early. I think the first ones had just gone out. Um, and then as, you know, as the minutes ticked off, uh, I was chatting with a friend and, um, both of our, both of our names, um, well, you know, her Mimi, our last names all both begin with Z and we hadn't received anything yet. So I said, oh, you know, they're doing alphabetical now because, you know, you know our, our other friends have earlier, um, you know, they, they appear earlier in the alphabet. Well, I guess a few minutes after that. Uh, I saw the boss, like, I think it may have been on Instagram, um, Boston Marathon, um, had posted a little, uh, no notification about what the cutoff was. And although I hadn't received my official, uh, no- notice yet, um, just seeing that number, I knew, well, you know, that's, that doesn't include me. Uh, and as more information started trickling out, you know, they said 14,600 people, um, met this standard or had been streakers, um, and uh, the remaining the remainder of the field of of twenty thousand uh, would be filled by um, invited runners and, and and charity runners and, and what what whatever they use to fill the uh, the remaining gap. So um, I knew, I guess, at the time that uh, yeah, so this this really wasn't going to happen once again. Uh, and, um, I think my initial, my initial reaction was, um, kind of disbelief, like, wait, is, wait, is that really what, what's happening? Because I was in, <laughs> I, I, I was in and I, uh, felt like I had that experience pulled out from underneath me. Um, and like the other 9,000 folks who are in the same boat as, as I am, uh, I, I was angry. I was, I was bitter. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was, I was bitter. Uh, my closest friends um, allowed me to express that bitterness to them. Um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, I was telling my wife earlier today, um, Anger, bitterness, 
disappointment and sadness. I think those are the four, those are the four uh, emotions that I experienced. Um, uh, but, and I think the one that, um, that kind of stayed with me the longest was sadness, just because you have to, the realization that something is, that you wanted so badly uh, isn't going to happen. Uh, and um, last night was, was tough. I uh, didn't have an appetite. I didn't eat dinner. I was despondent. I, I don't think I spoke much to my wife at all. Uh, and she probably knew to kind of leave me be. Uh, I, I, you know, didn't know what to do. I thought, well, maybe I will turn in early and, and not think about it, but that, I, it just, it was, it was unpleasant. Um, and, uh, I thought, well, maybe the next day I will feel a little bit better, but I woke up and I still was, uh, was, was not happy. Uh, and, and it took me, um, the better part of today to, to, to start to feel a little bit better. And that, that happened after I, uh, spoke with some other folks who had, you know, had been in the same situation as I am kind of griped together and commiserated over, over, uh, over our situation. Um, and, and that, that, that helped, um, you know, knowing that, that we're not, you're not alone. Uh, you know, if they accepted everybody except for one, and I was that one, yeah, that would be, I would truly be on an Island, but, um, there are, it's a good percentage of folks who applied who didn't get in. I mean, we're talking, what is that? Uh, I can't do the math in my head, but it's over a third. Uh, it's, it's probably closer to, you know, almost 40%. Um, it's about a third. I mean, generally, it, if you take out the um, charity runners, it's about a third, maybe okay. a little more. Yeah. But sure, misery loves company. And it's good to know that other people are that are in good company and you're in good company rather with other people. But um, I think what's super hard is that it really is so arbitrary and there's nothing there. It's a situation that you have really done your best to control and you have no control over it. And that is really frustrating. You did, you did all the right things. You worked so hard, you qualified you gave yourself a buffer, a really generous buffer. And then, you know, you also under the circumstances where five minutes were removed from your standard time. So you had to actually earn a qualifying time that was not only five minutes faster, but then add another five minutes, of course, because of the buffer. So you did everything right. I think the only silver lining in this is the one thing you did really well was you picked a race in September of 2019. Yeah. And that is going to allow you, if you have it in you, yeah. to use that race time if you should choose, because it's no. always your choice. Right. No. To enter Boston 2022. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that because, um, I felt it was kind of buried in the notification kind of at the bottom there about, oh, and by the way, uh, you can, you know, you, if you, uh, the registration uh, window of, of, of um, 
uh, qualifying race time starts on September 1st, 2019. And when I read that, or when I saw that, I had to think, wait, I think that includes me. And uh, my race happened to be on September 8th, uh, 2019. So I made it by a week. Um, and I kind of filed that in the back because I knew there was more um, important uh, sadness that I had to um, accept first before I could deal with um, you know the silver lining, if you will, for the for for folks um, like me who 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 ran a marathon that that falls within that window. But that was always in the back there because I knew uh, in the back of my mind because I knew uh, after I was done processing what had happened, I will I would evaluate whether or not this is something that I um, would want to to do again. Now I you know I ironically. Uh, this, if I, if I do apply for Boston again, uh, in the fall, whenever registration opens for 2022, um, this will have been the, the third Boston that I will have applied using the same race, which has to be some kind of record, right? Because I know there are marathons that straddle the first and second week of registration that, I, I think you could use for both um, for two years, but I don't think there's any marathon that you could ever have used for three Boston marathons. So, uh, so uh, you know that is um, kind of a, uh, a humorous uh, side note to uh, to to my to my predicament here. Now, I'm I happen to be fortunate because I did choose a marathon that was um, in uh, within that window that they've announced. Now, I also understand that there are other runners who maybe got shut out, but they had easily qualified or had qualified for um, for 2020 that ran maybe a marathon in June or maybe ran a marathon in May. Uh, they unfortunately don't get that benefit. Um, and again, it's arbitrary. I mean, it is, they just picked the date, uh, uh, September 1st. What if I ran a marathon on August 31st? You know, I've I've missed it by one day, uh, and and that's that would be, um, you know, there are I'm sure there are folks who fall into that category, and that's that's, you know, that's another that's just more salt in the wound, really, um, to, to 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 come close, miss out, and miss out again just because your marathon happened to be a day or you know whatever um, before their before their window opened, so. Um, my, my heart goes out to the, those folks uh, as well, just because that's, that's you know, the, as, as hopeless as I felt yesterday, I did have that carrot, you know, and, and I'm, I'm more fortunate than, than a lot of other people. And, you know, I, I definitely feel for them. I think that's a good perspective. Um, I think it's a little soon, like you said, to, to focus solely on the silver lining, but to recognize that you kind of, did get an opportunity inadvertently, which just shows how random this all is because you chose Erie because it's a nice flat course that's relatively drivable from where we live in the DC area. It's a popular race among so many runners. And it's so nice, correct me if I'm wrong, to, to kind of check that box, get it out of the way and, and know that it's two predictable routes. So yeah, lesson learned. I mean, I definitely think that this whole Boston debacle um, COVID race experience will kind of influence people's timing of races when choosing to qualify for Boston, because 
this just shows if you can squeeze a race in a window, you can often take advantage of two years worth of Boston, which we've always known, but it just seems more important than ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to achieve a, a goal race, if possible, a qualifying race rather that sort of fits in that. I personally, that was my qualifying race too, same exact weekend. Um, for me, it was because it was my Hail Mary. I was injured the summer before and, and that was sort of the, the earliest I could run and the latest I could run to qualify for, for 2020. Um, but I, I want to also bring up a point and that is that you, you're someone, you're a problem solver yourself. You're a troubleshooter. You're, you're a guy that just by virtue of what you do in terms of managing a huge running program, the first time marathoners program, you're kind of an operations management guy as it is. So I'm curious to ask you if just based on this experience, do you have any thoughts about how the BAA handled this? And if you do, what would you have done differently? <laughs> I, um, I think I've, I mentioned to you, this to you before earlier uh, about how I'm sure everybody who's in my shoes has an opinion. And I'm just one of 9,000 folks this year that has uh, an opinion. But since you asked, um, I, let me start off by saying the BAA is presented with an impossible task of trying to make everybody happy. And they have a limited space to, to, to make these people happy. And there's always going to be someone that's unhappy. Um, now, having said that, this year was um, is unique because there are there's a backlog of people who didn't get to run in 2020, and uh, they're trying to also account, accommodate those who qualified for 2021. What's the best way to do that? And so, on top of that, COVID and whatnot. Um, now, I my personal feeling is. Um, the, the, the age on race day um, criteria, that, uh, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure why it is that way. It's been that way as long as I've, I've known um, about the Boston Marathon. Um, I, I think it makes things um, maybe easier for them, but when you run your race, it would be nice to know that that is, when that you ran the time, you are that age that when you ran your race. Uh, it could be um, 17 months, 16 months or something before, if you run in in September, uh, you know, you may turn age 50 on the day before the Boston Marathon and you get to, you know, your qualifying standard time would be that of a 50 year old, even if you were uh, 48 at the time. Uh, ironically, I, the first time I ever qualified for Boston, I, I did do that. I was 48 and I was turning 49 shortly after my marathon. But by the time uh, uh, that would have been 2019 Boston came around, I would have been 50. And so I did take advantage of that. Of course, I didn't meet the cutoff and I, um, and I didn't get into that race. But I did run my, my marathon in 2017 knowing that I needed to qualify as a 50-year-old. Um, but I think it's easier to just say, uh, you know, whatever your race is on the day you ran your race, that's that, you, you know, that's what the standard should be for, uh, for getting into Boston. Um, 
you know, uh, I work with data in my uh, in my day job, and I thought, well, maybe they do it this way because they don't they can't um, they they're unsure of how to uh, systematically filter that out, and so. Uh, you know, on my runs, I'm, I'm writing these uh, SQL queries in my head thinking, okay, well, if they have their data stored this way, I it's not, it's a pretty standard thing to do. I think I could write it for them. I would offer up my services for free to, uh, to help them mine and uh, um, sort out their, their, their Boston, uh, their Boston marathon field. Now, um, I think uh, for, for, for me, uh that would be the, the the one change that i would make because uh now uh what happened was by uh, by bringing the window back to 2018 for the 2021 race there is that weird kind of unique to this situation where people age up uh when they wouldn't have originally aged up for the 2020 race uh and they may have benefited from you know, uh, uh, an additional 10, maybe even five, 10, or even 15 minutes of, uh, of time. So uh, in the extreme case, you could go from missing uh, your, your, uh, your standard by say seven minutes um, and then getting 15 extra minutes. And now you have an eight minute buffer and you are in, you're in Boston. Um, so I know if I had run uh, and missed my BQ time by seven minutes, I would say, I didn't come too close, <laughs> but, uh, but that, but that's, um, and let me just qualify that by saying, I'm not, um, anyone who did a uh, benefit from that, that's, that, that's great because, uh, it's not your fault. You, uh, that, that is a loophole that, that you are more than welcome to take advantage of. And had I been presented with that opportunity, no, I probably would take advantage of it too. So I'm not, uh, there's no animosity. I don't have animus towards those, those folks who, who did that. I, I think that, um, that that loophole is something that I perhaps would have um, addressed differently. Um, and who knows how many people that affected? Would it have been enough to allow me in? Maybe. Um, but if it allowed me in, then some other folks may not have gotten in either. And, and and like I said at the start of this, it's an impossible job. And I'm glad I'm not the BA because I don't want that responsibility. Um, um, because I know there are a lot of people who are are, are pretty upset about, about how things transpired. I think that's a great point. And I do think that that's something, like you said, that it, it's, it is a flexible decision. It's not one of those, we can't do it any other way. So... I think that's a great point. And I, I do think that there would be a benefit to studying that and doing some analytics to see what the impact of that is. Do you have any other thoughts um, in terms of how it was handled? Well, you know, I mean, look, the, the B, it's their race and uh, they get to do what they want to do. So, um, I, you know, I feel like it's like going into someone's house and criticizing the way they decorated. Don't go to their house if you don't like the way they decorated their house, right? So, um, I, yes, it just it's it just so happens that every the BAA owns this house that a lot of people want to go into. Um, so, uh, you know, is there a better way? You know, that's a tough question. To is there, you know, anything else that they could have done? 
uh, aside from what I just mentioned. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, sure, if whatever, if a way that they did it allowed me in, I would think that would be great. Um, but uh, like I said, they they're just it's it's such a it's such a difficult thing for them to have to try and do. Um, and, uh, you know, did they do a perfect job? No, but I don't think there is a perfect job to be done. Uh, and uh, I'd be lying if I said I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied uh, with, with how things transpired, but, um, you know, they did, I think, about as, as good a job as they, they, they could do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I could sit here and, uh, and kind of stomp my feet and be upset, which I have. Um, you should. Uh, or, I mean, that's part of the process. Yeah, it's, you it's should. part of the catharsis where you get it, get it out. And, uh, you know, you have to deal with that, deal with the anger and the disappointment. Um, you know, I, I, you pointed out, I, I'm in the situation where I don't have to run another marathon uh, to try and apply again. Um, but, you know, to, to those out there who, who do, um, you know, it, every setback that I experienced made my, when I actually achieved my goal, um, a lot sweeter. And um, you just get past the disappointment. You have to allow yourself to, to, to grieve and to go through all those stages. But um, at some point you have to make a decision. Are you going to let this um, knock you out or are you going to um, channel that energy and make it into a, a motivating thing? Um, I think when I didn't get in my first time, I, I and, 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 and failed uh, at, my, at an attempt right before my successful attempt. Um, I, and I mentioned this um, on, on my, on last time I was on your podcast, um, I used it as, as motivation and I ran uh, with that chip on my shoulder thinking, okay, you know, it's just how it's going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to have to um, just be a little bit better and train a little bit harder. Uh, and I know it's easy, it's easy to say that, but it really is rewarding when, when, when the pieces come together and, uh, just, uh, you know, anyone who's out there who, who, who's in that situation right now, uh, just, it sounds cliche, but just don't, don't, don't give up. Um, and you have a lot of control over how you respond at this moment. Um, you can either, uh, use it to motivate or let it, let it, uh, let it knock you down and, um, uh, being in control of how you respond, I think is, 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 is very, very key to how, uh, the story ultimately plays itself out. Amen. I totally agree with you. And I think there's a third point. I mean, also evaluate how important is the goal to you? Is it still important because it's something you really want to do? Or is it important to you because you had this goal and it didn't work out? It still doesn't take away from the fact that you achieved the goal. You'd be cute. But if someone's out there and thinking, I don't know if I have the energy to do this again. Remember, this is all a choice. Right. You don't have to. If it's not going to bring you joy, 
find something else or come back to it in a little bit. It doesn't have to be something that you finish right now, because certainly there have been so many hurdles for everyone. And, and to your point, you can control your story and how you handle it. And maybe your story is, I'm going to take a break because this is, this is ridiculous. And I am not going to deal with the emotional roller coaster of this. And that's completely okay too. And, and more people should recognize that, that, you know, Boston is, doesn't define one as a runner. It doesn't define one as a person. It's a cool race to do. And it's super fun and it's important because it's your goal, but it certainly doesn't take away from any of the accomplishments that one has has had as a result of their running that led them to even apply to Boston. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I think just to underscore that, most of us are not professional runners. We are we are recreational runners. We do this because we love running. Um, and when a goal becomes so obsessive that your your enjoyment of the sport that you started because you enjoyed doing it is taken away, maybe it's time to take a step back and say, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And, uh, you know, maybe it is uh, it, it, just a brief uh, break will allow you to reevaluate and refocus, figure out if this is this really what you want to do? And is it worth uh, ruining or selling uh, you, uh, you know, a sport that you that you at one point really, really loved? Such good advice. Conroy, I so appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I think it's going to resonate with so many, not just the 9,000 plus people who are in your shoes, but also others who have been working hard for a goal and for reasons out of their control. It just didn't work out. Um, shit happens. And this is a shitty time. And I'm sorry it happened to you. And everyone is cheering for you and continues to whatever your story may look like. But you continue to be an inspiration to so many. I know that word is cliche and I don't mean to use it in a cliche manner. You really are. You're a leader in a running community and this setback that you're experiencing, how you're handling it, people are watching and you're a shining example of how to handle the shit seriously and, and grieve and, and process it and then figure out the steps to move forward, whatever that looks like for you. So thank you for being so generous and sharing your story on our podcast and, and, and sharing your time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, uh, to, to share my thoughts on this. All right, Conroy, we'll, we'll definitely see each other in person soon, but in the meantime, just know we're thinking of you and we just adore you. And we know that big things continue to be in store for you. So thanks so much, Conroy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Farther and Faster Boston Marathon podcast. We want to give a special thanks to our editor, Aaron Bryan. And if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with others and please leave a review if you haven't done so already on iTunes. Thanks for listening and have a great week.